Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's so wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. This week we're following the theme, Falling in Love with Jesus. And the big question for today, is Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Today, our co-host Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Well, thank you, Gary. Great to be here again. It is absolutely wonderful, isn't it? You know, I mean, this is, uh, this is fantastic. The, you know, the sun is again shining up here and uh, spring is certainly on board. Yeah, I've just uh, been out helping my son lay about 200 square metres of grass. So if I fall asleep during the program, just give me a kick under the table. I was wondering what that, why, why we could, you know, the aroma in here was a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Um, Eric, tell us something. How's the exercise program going? Oh, look, great, Gary. Um, I managed to go through the winter months and still keep running each morning. And yeah, now it's getting a bit warmer. Although lately it's been a bit on the cool side, but still, still do a bit of running in the morning and a bit further on the Sunday. So yeah, keeping at it. Yeah. It's, it's good at my age. It keeps me going. It keeps me walking. It yeah. keeps me upright. I was out there this morning before the sun um, got uh, got over the horizon, but it was wonderful to watch it come uh, over the horizon. <laughs> uh, tell us, Eric, did you preach last weekend? No. We, oh, it was a really high week for me, Pastor Gary, because, um, you know, we have a, a, a good uh, little Aboriginal group here in Adelaide, a fellowship group, and uh, we had a highlight on Friday So evening. you still maintain, because you were mm. previously the pastor of, uh, of that particular group, but you still Looking maintain up, contact right. with them? Uh, even though you're no longer the pastor? No, I uh, I actually work two days a week uh, through the conference as a um, Bible Aboriginal okay, worker. Okay, okay. So I study with them and, yeah, and go to church with them. And uh, and uh, this week was a real highlight. We had two baptisms on Friday night. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Dulce, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying, Dulcie and Maria Stewart both baptised at Elizabeth Church. Yes, pastor yes. David Fletcher and I hopped in the water there. And uh, I must thank Elizabeth Church for heating that water up. It was nice and warm when we got in. And, um, yeah, not a very big font, but we it all worked out well. And we, we had about, I don't know how many were there, 50 people. It was lovely. It was a good evening. Yeah. And uh, it was real highlight. And we sang their favorite hymns. And it was a special occasion. And, and, and heard how... Um, how one of the ladies, uh, Stuart uh, Audrey, was telling us how um, the parable of the lost sheep and how in her early days her dad would take her out on the horse. They ha- had a little farm and had some sheep on it. And now and then a, a sheep would go missing. Yeah. So there was a camel they had on the farm that you could ride, but she said that was too high for me. So what they did was she'd jump on the back with dad on the horse. Mm-hmm. Little boy would sit in the front, sit on the back, and all night they'd search for the sheep till they found him. And she said sometimes she fell asleep. So what they, he did was he strapped them around him and all through the night, and if she fell asleep, she couldn't fall off the horse. But oh, they kept, wow. they kept going until they found the sheep and then told the parable of the lost sheep. That, that, that really story. is so, so amazing because that parable is certainly in the scriptures as well, isn't mm, it? And yeah. when you actually have lived it, that's incredibly powerful. You know, it's interesting this particular weekend coming up, uh, we've actually got a baptism of a number of people at my, at my Brighton church. You know, Lovely. the thing that to me is so wonderful 
wonderful at the present time is that we're actually seeing people wanting to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. They're wanting to say, hey, look, you know, there is more to this world than that which we've actually had. And I'm finding that people are actually coming to me and saying, hey, Pastor Gary, can I please be baptized? I want to move in a different direction in my life. Yes, and I'd known Delcy for quite a while, and um, her sister came and was just amazed. It was a wonderful time for her. And then on the Saturday, we went down to um, Victor Harbour Church, and they've just moved premises from the Adra. They used to worship in there, and now they're worshiping in a, in a Sunday church there. They've hired it out for the Saturday, and uh, we went to the opening of that, and that was a beautiful church. Wow. It's got an upstairs part. It's sort of um, centered around the speaker in a semi-way, and uh, there's a Beautiful big organ in there. If anybody can play an organ, you've got to go down there and play this organ. It's yeah. a massive organ down yeah. there. Yeah, no, Beautiful. that's always a real high day in the life of the church, isn't it? You know, mm. I mean, a baptism or the opening of a new church or the, mm. you know, a church moving. Uh, you know, as I look at that, I, uh, I say, hey, look, you know, there is still life within the church. Mm. Definitely, you know, I mean, this is the greatest miracle, isn't it? A, um, a person that's changed in their life and they want to make a stand for Christ. This is what it's all about, yeah. and that's what we're here for. It's happened to you and me and the listeners, yeah. and this is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, look, before we come to this week's theme, uh, where we're chatting about the role and the place of Jesus in both history and our lives, let's just... Let me just dig into this just a little bit more, I suppose, from a personal perspective. You know, maintaining a, a connection with Jesus Christ. How do you maintain a connection with Jesus Christ? Well, Pastor Gary, I think it's going outside my comfort zone, actually. I mean, you know, um, preparing for a program like this makes you study the scriptures harder, yeah. taking a lesson, um, and being involved in the church really does, um, you know, push your boundaries. But I think also witnessing to me is a big thing. I, I really enjoy witnessing. What I, is witnessing? Well, when you, you know, you're sharing Jesus with other, either through Bible study or helping people and seeing them change in their growth. Uh, really does tell you that the Holy Spirit is alive and working, and 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 sometimes you know it's a bit sad they take a step or two back, but always they they're still searching for God, you know, and I think they are some really important things. Um, yeah, I find that those things keep me really busy and occupied and centered on Christ. Do you have any any favorite portions of the scriptures? I really like parables. I I've always loved parables. I always have. I love the gospels of course, mm-hmm. but the parables just um every time I read one or hear somebody preach about one, I get a different bit of a different picture. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are so well known, we think mm-hmm. we know it all, but then mm-hmm. somebody comes along and wow. That's fantastic. So I really love the parables. I love the Gospels. Um, I just love to read about Jesus. And I love the, the books like Desire of Ages and ones that sort of build into the, into the Scriptures. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned Desire of Ages because yeah. that's actually going to be our giveaway book for uh, for this week. You know, And if any of our listeners want to, uh, want to receive a free copy of Desire of Ages, we're going to be giving you the phone number to actually make contact with us because that's, that is an excellent book that's on the life of Christ. In fact, it's interesting, this year, as part of my devotional time, 
I, I've actually read through uh, the book Desire of Ages mm. once again. And it took me a couple of months to actually do that. But I found it is so powerful when you can just sit and, you know, you can have a look at the scriptures. You can uh, read a book like Desire of Ages because that book looks at uh, uh, Jesus from his birth right through to his return to heaven and all the uh, incidents that happen in his, uh, in his life. And I have found that uh, just reading that day by day and particularly spending time thinking and praying about various aspects of that book has really impacted uh, my spiritual life. Well, the way it impacted me, Gary, was when I, I read it and um, it, it brought to me more the love of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you know, the reason why he did things. And, and, of course, it does talk about parables in that book as well. But it just brought out the love of Jesus and built on that more and more. To me, it's a wonderful book. I really recommend it to anybody out yeah, there yeah. Uh, because it, it, it's not hard to read. It's, yeah. it's a s- simple thing, but it just brings out uh, what Christ is like. Mm. Eric, yeah. do you think it's important to attend a church if a person is to grow as a Christian? Is is that important? Well, I've heard that. I've had that asked me many times. You know, why do I have to go to church if I believe? You know, can I just stay at home and believe? And there are many who would actually say that. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I've found that in shaking times or in times when you know you need support, you know, through the COVID thing, I found going back to church was a real highlight. Um, it, it, the support that you have, because what happens is you go out into the world if you have a job out in the, into the world, and you know um, you're out there and you're hearing different points of views from what they are saying. And uh, but when you're with those of mind like faith people who believe in Christ, then you're in a unity. And I find that that and the deep discussions you have on Scripture where you hear the different points of views really does um, help you in your spiritual walk, but Mm. it also protects you from um, what Satan is trying to do to bring us down. And, uh, you know, I've often had people say to me, oh, look, I wish this person would stay away from my door because Satan does bring people to your door. So it's good to stay in a a group of like believers because there is protection. Protection, comfort, and the prayers that they give us are important for you. Yeah, too. yeah. I, I remember one time, Eric. I was actually on a, uh, I was actually on a, a, a camp uh, where it was a, it was a cold winter winter night, and uh, we'd gathered together to actually have have worship. And uh, one of the uh, one of the pastors wasn't myself. He uh, he had been appointed to take the worship on that particular uh, evening. And I still remember his worship. It was actually very powerful. I, I've used the illustration many times myself since. But uh, he uh, he came to our fire, and of course the fire was really a. Uh, we, we love a decent fire. There's nothing like a decent campfire. Mm. And uh, he he pulled out of the fire a coal and just left it sitting alone. And, of course, you know, he talked on, he talked on. And uh, within about 10 minutes, he looked down. And, of course, the, the coal had gone black and had gone out. Mm. And his question to all the young people was, why has it gone out? And, of course, the answer was, you know, the coal has been taken from the environment where there is warmth and where there is heat. And uh, and, and his point was, hey, what is the value of the church? And he was just trying to illustrate that, you know, one person alone uh, can really 
go cold very quickly, but we actually need others to build us up, to build up the warmth, to be able to protect, to be able to, to even challenge us. You know, we're, we're actually not meant to be alone. Mm. And, and, you know, to me, uh, there have been times when, before I was a Christian, that God came and, and uh, um, prompted me and moved, the Holy Spirit moved me to, f- to follow him. But, but then when I didn't go down that path and stopped going to church and those sort of things, I found I was drifting off and drifting away and going back into the, my normal routine. And, and so those decisions we, have to, we make are so critical at times when you're feeling down or something's happening that you stay in the groove because yeah. once you go out of that groove, that path, then you start to drift. Yeah. No, I think that's so important. And I'd actually encourage any of our listeners, you know, mm. if in fact they want to build their spiritual life, it's really important to spend time in the Word. It's important yep. to spend time talking to our God in prayer. But, you know, fellowship with the family of God is so important as well, you know. Mm. In fact, if you'd like us to put you in contact with a church, mm. you can uh, certainly text uh, text us here at the studio at 0438 that's 0438 635 and mm. just simply give us your name and address and let us know that you'd like us to put you in touch with a church because we would love to be able to put you in touch with a church because I believe it builds our spiritual life more than uh, anything else we can we can possibly imagine yeah. yeah yeah look let's come to some uh, some music uh, this is Michael Card I uh, love this uh, this song El Shaddai We will pray 
made it clear that the time of Christ was near, though the people failed to see what Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand. Your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your son. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same by the power of the name El Shaddai El Shaddai Erakamkana Adonai We will praise and lift you high El Shaddai El Shaddai El Shaddai Same by the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Erakamkana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. We will praise and lift you high. El Shaddai. That was Michael Card, uh, El Shaddai. We've got a free gift for you today. Your free gift is Desire of Ages. Now, this is the book I've just been speaking speaking about. We've been sharing with uh, with Eric here. This is a, a book that I've just been using in my own devotional time. I love to take this book and uh, read a chapter or so a day. Uh, think about it. Uh, look at the scriptures that it uh, that it refers to, and just spend time in considering the way that Christ dealt with us. Others and understand truth. If you would like a copy of Desire of Ages, this is a beautiful book. This is a fantastic book. This is a book that will trans transform your your Christian life. You can request the book Desire of Ages by simply texting O four three eight zero double six six three five. That's O four three eight. Zero double six six three five. Just give us your name and your address, and we will send you free of charge uh, a copy of uh, of the book Desire of Ages. I believe you'll love uh, this uh, this book in your devotional time. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. And this week we're following the theme: falling in love. With Jesus, and the big question for today is: Jesus more than just a great moral teacher? Thomas Jefferson is uh, renowned as one of the great American founding fathers. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is that he created a book called the Jefferson Bible. You can actually find it in the Smithsonian Institute. This is a remarkable story. And, uh, and this is, uh, this is what uh, one, one writer said. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, the author of the Declaration of Independence, was one of the great champions of religious freedom. His belief system, however, was sufficiently out of the mainstream that opponents in the 1800 presidential election named labeled him a howling atheist in fact jefferson uh, was devoted to the teachings of jesus christ but he didn't always agree with how they should be interpreted uh, by the christian church jefferson therefore created his own gospel Understand how he did this. Jefferson created his own gospel by taking a sharp instrument. We believe it was his penknife uh, to existing copies of the New Testament. He cut and pasted certain parts out of the New, the, the New Testament that he owned and pasted them physically with glue in a book. The new t- Jefferson produced an 84-page volume in 1820, six years before he died at 83. He bound it in red leather and entitled it The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth. He had poured over six copies of the New Testament in Greek, Latin, French and King James English. He cut the passages out with some short of very sharp blade and using blank paper glued down lines from each of the Gospels into four columns, one in Greek, one in Latin, one in French and the other in English. Much of the material Jefferson elected to not include related to the miraculous events, such as the feeding of the multitudes with only two fish and five loaves of barley bread. He he detested anything that he perceived as contrary to reason. His idiosyncratic gospel in concludes with Christ's entombment uh, burial, but omits his resurrection. This is a remarkable uh, book that was compiled and has been printed once or twice since. But, Eric, you know, to me, this is, this is amazing. A person creates a book that takes the New Testament and through cutting and pasting is able to pull out all the parts that refer to the supernatural elements and they're discarded, but then he pastes into his own New Testament the, uh, the morals and ethics of Jesus Christ because he regards those sayings as being vitally important to everything Christ actually taught. Now, to me, it actually brings us to, uh, uh, you know, to today's question. Was Jesus more than simply a great moral teacher? I mean, here we've got Jefferson. You know, he certainly went to exclude anything more than the, uh, the morality of Jesus. And there are certainly a significant number of even religious people today who will say that Jesus is a great moral teacher, but hey, that's, that's really all that he is. Help us out on this one. Was Jesus more than a great moral teacher? We're going to have a look at some of those texts tonight, Gary, but 
Like always, I like to have a look at see what some surveys say, and it's interesting, American survey once again shows that half of American adults believe that um, Jesus isn't God, but most agree he was a great teacher. Nearly half of Americans, and America is quite a religious country. Thirty percent of evangelists say that he's he he was not the son of God, that he was just a great teacher. That to me is startling, because yeah. I don't know if they're reading the same book I've been reading. Well, these the are people book. who are actually attending church as well. That's the yeah, thing, you know. You sort of look at it and you say, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, it might be one thing for the secular man to actually say that, but when we actually look at the you know religious person, you think, "Wow, these are these are remarkable statistics." Well, it says in the survey it was done actually. This is a 2020 survey. Yep, yep. And it's done by the State of Theology in America. And uh, they shed light on the concerns that many American Christians and churches have expressed for decades, and that is that as the culture around us increasingly abandons its moral compass, professing evangelists are sadly drifting away from God's absolute standard in the Bible. So there's quite a drifting away. It's interesting, too, that it mentions uh, that it says here that... um, Some 44 respondents in the survey agreed that since Jesus was both man and God when he walked the earth, he committed sins like other people. So they actually believe that he committed, that these evangelists, 44% of them, of this survey, only 41% held the biblical perspective that Jesus was both man and God and remained sinless, 41%. And of course that has been one of the traditional Christian beliefs now for for, for decades and decades. This isn't something that is unique to like my own church, but... uh, Christian churches across the board have talked about Christ being a unique being mm. in that when he when he came to this earth he wasn't just human but he was also divine. Yes, that's right, a balance. And you know, I don't know if you've read it at all, Gary, but there's a tremendous article by C.S. Lewis. Mm. And uh, he made a, a statement. Great author. A man who was merely he says a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg or he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either this was and is the son of God or else he's something worse. You know, and so what people are doing, if you don't study the scriptures, then you listen to all sorts of things about, you know. And the thing that the Bible tells us about Jesus, if you look at it carefully, is that he surrounded himself with a group of men uh, who who saw him um, and were with him all the time. It's like you and I being mm. at work and people mm. constantly see what we're like. He also uh, had followers that would have watched him carefully, yeah. and yet he made claims here that isn't refuted in the Bible by any of them. Yeah, and, and this is the thing that we have to look at because, you know, was Jesus, I mean, this is our question for today, you know, is Jesus more than just that moral teacher? And if he was more, well, how much more? What sort of claims did he actually make? Well, the first one I, I can think of is that um, uh, he claimed to live a sinless life. It says in John eight twenty eight to 29, it says, So Jesus said, <clears throat> When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know who I am, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. So here he is claiming to be the Son of Man, and of course, boy, that set the, that set the religious leaders of the time uh, into a panic. 
because yeah. they didn't believe it. They called him blasphemous for claiming to be the son of God, actually. And, yeah. and that's a very significant thing, actually, because the religious leaders of the day have actually picked up what, what Christ has actually said and what they re- and how they respond is, you are blaspheming. And, of course, blasphemy is taking on yourself the prerogatives of God. Mm. And they recognize that that's exactly what Jesus was doing. Yes, he was claiming that. And, you know, like, for instance, uh, it says here in John 8, this is a good one, 46 and 47. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? So he's saying to his workmate, you know, the people that follow him, he's, he's the people that know him. Uh, if I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So he says, can any of you point the finger at me and say, look, you know, you've done this wrong or that wrong? They couldn't. And you know, uh, that's marvelous. You know, uh, that is truly remarkable because mm. I just think of you know our our lives. I mean, if we were to say something like that, you know, can any of you appoint at me and say, you know, I've done something wrong? Well, you know, I mean, anybody who knows me, knows you, knows us well enough, is able to point at us and say, well, actually, let me tell you a few home truths, you know. I mean, you know, put that put that question to your wife, uh, mm-hmm. Eric. I mean, would would your good wife be able to, you know, how, how would she respond to that? She'd have a list and a half. She'd have a list and a half. And, you know, that is one of, the, one of the real challenges that, you know, we do actually face, you know, within our humanity. That's a statement that we would never be able to make. No. And yet Christ made it and when he made it nobody refuted it no and there was no evidence against him it's interesting too and you're right Gary it's those that are closest to you I mean you can get away with it at church go there for a day and you know pull your Bible out and we all study together Uh, but you can't fool your family and those that really know you or your workmates when they see you outside of that environment Jesus was mixing with them all the time, you know, yeah. and uh, and he claimed to forgive sin, which is amazing because that really set the cat among the pigeons with him. They they called him blasphemous. He healed people, and they said that you know that, that comes from the devil. They were saying, you know, so um, he backed up with what he said with action, and his life showed it. His his moral life, you know, the way he treated people showed just who he really was, and and they 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 had. They only could but admire him, but he caused great, great hate. That's yeah. the problem. He caused great hate because those that wanted, like men do today, they want their own systems of power. Uh, Jesus didn't fit into that. Mm. And so they had to bring him down, basically. I, li- I like what mm. you said there about uh, Christ forgiving sins mm. because it, certainly the religious leaders of the day picked up on that particular point as well they were uh, they were so they were offended that someone because their response was who can forgive sin but God alone. Hmm. And, of course, that was theology that the, that the Jews certainly accepted and many Christian churches believe today as well. And that's uh, as I look at that, I simply say, hey, here we have got the Son of God claiming firstly that I have none, no sin and secondly that I have the power to forgive your sin. And you know, Eric, the reason that to me I think that's so important is because that gives incredible hope for us today. Because, you know, I'm so conscious that those who are listening to our program, I mean, I'm really conscious that, you know, there may be somebody there who, who's actually just today, 
is struggling with with some issue. You know, I mean, uh, to me, it might be a, a relationship issue. You know, that's been damaged because of because of temper. You know, I think mm-hmm. of the uh, relationship uh, issues that have been damaged because of this adultery. You know, mm-hmm. and sexual sin. You know, and yet what you're saying is that Jesus allowed a thing called forgiveness to be central to all that he taught. That's right. You know, it's interesting to me that um, it's only through Jesus that forgiveness of sin takes place. Only one. It's the only way. He says, I am the truth and the life. So he is the way. Where other religious leaders of the world, we read that the other week, didn't claim that, but Jesus claimed it. And the thing is, is that if you go to a priest, for instance, or somebody or a pastor, and they say, your sins are forgiven, I forgive your sins, you, you, that's not the way. When, as we know, you know, the sacrificial system was done away when Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. And we have direct access to Jesus. He is the only one that can forgive us. And somebody tells you something else, well, it's not right, because the Bible says that he alone is the Son of God. He is the one that will be able to help you and forgive, take those burden off your off your shoulders. If we confess our mm. sins, yep. he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins mm. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, to mm. me, I know in my my ministry, Eric, the number of times that I've I've sat with people and they've been struggling. In fact, they've been carrying a thing called guilt. Yeah, and you know. Guilt is something that, you know, I mean, there are many ways that people see guilt being resolved. But, you know, within the scriptures, you get this thing. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's where you get this. That is actually a resolution to this issue of guilt. It doesn't do away with with sin. uh, But what it does is it addresses sin and Increasingly, I'm conscious we live in a world where sin actually does need to be addressed. Yeah, and this week's topic is, you know, falling in love with Jesus. And this is one of the ways where through Scripture you get to know him and you know you can trust him and you know that he is true and secure. And on this earth you can't trust anybody on this earth, whereas you can trust this one. I mean, Jesus claimed he was the only way to God. He said in uh, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So we must go through Jesus to get to to his Father. We've got to accept Jesus. And this is the point about Jesus being more than a great moral teacher. You know, mm. if I was a moral teacher, it's very easy to reduce education to the impartation of, uh, of knowledge and information. Mm. But what we're saying here is that Jesus Christ does far more than that. There is a thing called uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. He touches the heart. He touches the mind. He changes the way we think and act. And he provides a a, a manner in which we're able to confess and put and deal with guilt. And, you know, to me, I, I am so conscious that we live in a world today that is really struggling big time with this issue of guilt. And, uh, you know, so many people don't understand, you know, Mm. how can we actually deal with it? And they walk around day after day 
whereas the scriptures are just so clear on this matter. Yeah, it's almost like we can be in uh, shifting sand, you know. If we don't have a draw, where do you draw your line? Yeah. If, you, if you don't believe, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you've felt that and, and you're following that, you draw the line there, and then you've got all your moral uh, attributes from the Bible. Mm. The Ten Commandments give us a good style of living. It sets us free from sin. And so, if, but if you haven't got that and you live in a world, what one person says sways you over here or you're swayed over there. There is no line in the sand. You know, you're yeah. in sh- sifting sand, if you like. Um, Jesus also said, too, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, Jesus was attacked right through his min- his life. You know, he began his ministry in his 30s. But when you look at it, he could have easily have shifted stance. It would be so easy for somebody to make these claims and then move away from those claims. But mm-hmm. he never buckled. He, he stayed with it and claimed more and more. Yeah. And this is the whole point of of um, of the scriptures showing that you know there, this is the one, the only way where we can have salvation is through um, Jesus Christ, no other way. And and unfortunately today some people do follow different idols and things, you know. Yeah. But this is the only way. So he claimed first of all that he lived a sinless life, and then he claimed to be the only way to God, the Father. So these are these are tremendous claims. He also claimed. To who have shared the glory of God in heaven, for He says in John seventeen five, and now Father, glorify Me in Your presence with the glory I had with You before the world began. In other words, He is claiming an existence prior to His birth on this earth. Well, isn't that the question we get all the time, Gary? Where it did is. God come from? Yeah. I mean, you know, where did the chicken and the egg? You know, all that sort of business. You know, but there has always been God. It's hard to understand it. Yeah. Um, and my little mind, it is hard to understand it, but God has always been there. But I know that He's there because He had part in creation mm. through the Word. Mm. It says, uh, you know, He created the world through His Father, and, and so you know, if I see something, I know it's created. Well, I know that God created you and I. Yeah. So there's a strength in that because if you don't believe in that, that that Jesus is the Son of God and that he created you and I, where do you where then do you go that there was a big bang and suddenly everything was in place and, and then what about the moral? So you drift away, you see. So God claims to have shared um, the glory in heaven as well. Many claims Jesus made. He claimed he claimed, as you said, to be able to forgive sin. He says in Luke five, twenty to twenty one, he says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Mm. You know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? You can forgive. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, so here Jesus backed himself up. He was he was saying he was the son of God and he was forgiving sins. And in Luke 7, 48 and 49, then Jesus said to her, the woman, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? They couldn't understand it. They couldn't believe that somebody amongst them here was the son of God. They, mm. they pictured Jesus as um, a not not the fact, not who he, who he actually was on, uh, as he lived on this earth. They expected someone of power, someone of might, someone who'd get rid of the Romans for a start off of the, all the oppression, and somebody that would act differently yeah. to the way that this this person did. And they were amazed. But he drew the crowds. He did. You know, he he bought them. They followed him into the hills and and wherever, and because he was bringing to them the words of life. So there is part of us that resists. 
uh, understanding that Jesus is the Son of God. I think there. But I think this to, to accept this point is ab- is absolutely vital in our Christian experience because what it means is that we are introduced to a God, to Jesus Christ, who's actually able to change us. Hmm. Uh, do you know the uh, uh, Jesus as a moral teacher? is able to challenge our minds. But, you know, when you see Jesus as more than that, as divine, what occurs is that Jesus suddenly becomes a a power source. Jesus is able to touch the heart and change the very core of a person's being. And, you know, to me, that I think is one of the greatest needs of our world today. And, you know, there are so many who see, uh, you know, that our world, uh, they suggest, needs political change. I suggest to you it's not political change that our world needs. No. It's actually a change of an individual's heart. Mm. Uh, when the heart is actually changed, then what you find is that your world actually changes. But until the heart is changed, the world can't be changed. There's that wonderful song, isn't there, the hymn, you know, you are the potter, I am the clay. Yeah. Mold me yeah. and make me these things, I pray. I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it, that he can take us and shape us and make us into a, a beautiful being, you know. And this is the whole point where people, uh, um, we need to put our faith and trust in Christ. He, You know, he, the claims he's made, either we believe him or we don't. The thing is, I believe him because uh, he has changed my life, changed your life, and and. All through Scripture, there are prophecies of who the Son of God is, right through from the Old Testament to the New, that actually pinpoint Jesus Christ. And nobody, I, I think there's very few people who dispute that Jesus Christ actually lived. Mm, mm. I, I've actually said to uh, some people who have talked to me, I've said, hey, look, you know, you don't believe this, but you won't test it. You know, and yeah. that's the thing that, you know, I mean, a time and time I come back to, to these individuals and, uh, you know, prepared to debate, you know, the, uh, the, the reality of what the gospels actually present. But my challenge to them is, why don't you give it a go? Why don't you test it? Why don't you, you know, ask Jesus Christ uh, into your life? Why don't you ask him to prove himself to you? And, and you know, the onus is, is actually on him. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm amazed at the way the Lord has actually worked in the lives of so many individuals. Mm. Uh, there, There is a power to change the individual that it's not possible to get away from Jesus Christ. Yeah, the resistance I find when I talk to people about Christ and, uh, and there's a pulling away is the fact that they feel that, um, yep, I could go down this track, you know, and, and I, I remember one time at a meeting, um, a lady who, who hadn't come to many meetings came and she said afterwards, you know, I could feel the presence of God here. I, I really felt the Holy Spirit. But then she went back into thinking her ways of, of what she had to give up and, and the changes she had to make, and that was it. We didn't see her again. She went yeah, back out there. Yeah. So God is so loving and kind to us that if we just you know, get on that track with him, uh, but the thing is the pull of this world, the desires that we want are the things that separate us from God, the lusts of the world, if you like, separate us from recognizing mm. the power mm. that – and Jesus has that power at his fingertips. It's just the fact. Of, of tuning into him, you know, mm. of, of plugging in, yeah, yeah, mm. Eric, excellent. Look, let's let's just come to some music. This is uh, this is Keith Green. There is a redeemer.
Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One, Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, for sinners slain. Keith Green, There Is A Redeemer. What a powerful song that actually is. Folks, don't forget your uh, free gift uh, for, for today is that wonderful book, Desire of Ages. This is a magnificent book. This is a book that you'll love in your devotional time. I personally have read it just this year again. Uh, I've used it for my devotional times. I read it uh, with the scriptures and uh, I, I just find that, that God abundantly blesses uh, what you're able to learn and discover in that particular book. So guys, look, if you'd like to have your own copy of Desire of Ages, uh, just uh, text us at 0438 066 635. That's 04 
438. 066635, give us your name and address, and we'll make sure that you've got your own copy of Desire of Ages uh, in just the next couple of days. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're following the theme, falling in love with Jesus. And the big question for today is Jesus more? And is it necessary for Jesus to be more than a great moral teacher? Eric, bring it together for us. I'm conscious our time is fast getting away from us. Yeah, one other claim that Jesus said and a promise is that he claimed to give everlasting life. In John 6.40 it says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So not only is Jesus our friend, our saviour, our coming king, he will take us back to heaven. It's amazing to me, um, uh, Pastor Gary, that uh, one of the things that I'm aware of too is that, you know, like my grandchildren now, uh, not so much my children, but my grandchildren, when they go to school, they don't get much in the way of religious. In fact, it's not allowed in some schools. So how do they learn of this saviour, you know? Yeah. So we we really take it upon ourselves as a family to um, to really make sure that you know that the, the scriptures are read in the home, but also that on a Sabbath when we when we take them to church and you know they have to sit there for a while, but we do something afterwards that they like, so we make it enjoyable. But they get to know Christ and they see a pattern within the the parents and grandparents and the family that this way of life is so important to follow Christ and to put him first. This is so important what you're actually doing there because what you're doing is modelling what a a Christian walk is actually all about. You know, there are so many, I'm conscious in our world today, who are confused about whether which way is is the best way, is the right way to actually turn. And yet what we find within the Scriptures is this wonderful uh, picture of a God who cares, of the Son who came, of the Holy Spirit that impacts our heart and is able to give uh, clarity and direction to to our lives and to actually impart that to our children is actually so important. Now tell me though, Eric, how do you actually do that? I mean, how do you pass on this type of experience to your, to your children? I mean, you've, uh, you've spoken about, you know, uh, the importance of, you know, being connected to, to a church and I, I understand that. Um, I mean, what about prayer? Does, does prayer hold a part at all? Oh, for sure. And, you know, to pray with them as well, but also to have them praying in, in the homes too. I mean, it's it's awkward being up in the front in church to pray, and and my some of my grandchildren are quite shy. But you know, to have them praying as well, and for sure, you know, um, the the thing is, Pastor Gary, I, I'm aware that they've got to fall in love with Jesus. I mean, um, we we can't, you can't save me, I can't save you, I can't save them. They have to have, make that decision. So they've mm. got to fall in love with Jesus, and it's through talking with Him through prayer uh, that that this will take place. You know, I remember, I remember um, when. I was broken and, and, and I accepted Jesus. The, the, the feeling of love that comes into you from Christ just fills you up. Mm. And I don't want to lose that love. Yeah. I want to, I want to still have that. And, and for my children, I see them, gr- and grandchildren, I see them growing. And then they stay faithful when they get on that path. 
path, you know. Yeah. So it's spending time with them in prayer, but also in, 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 in guidance and not letting them down as a family, you know, yeah. doing things that that's contrary to what we believe. And that's hard, difficult sometimes. It, you know, what is humanly it. natural? I, I know yeah. that, you know, I think of my own uh, my own mum because uh, uh, certainly I come from a, a fairly dysfunctional family originally, but I can well remember my mum actually praying for myself and my brother. Uh, you know, she would actually spend a goodly amount of time in praying for us, you know. And to me, I'm just so conscious that that had a huge impact on us because we, we knew that she was actually praying for us. Uh, she, I, I've got in my, um, in my study at home, I've actually got her, her Bible and in her Bible, she's actually got some, some things written, uh, that uh, reflect on her, her love as a parent hmm. for her, her children. And you know, that is something that I'm so conscious that to pass that on, to pass on the importance of a, a vibrant spiritual life is so important in everything that we do it, with our with our children with our families you know I, I think of things you know like I mean being able to uh, spend time in family worship for example just mm. being able to um, uh, to gather together one of the the privileges in in our home is that uh, we we currently have um, um, my wife's uh, uh, father uh, currently living living with us, and uh, uh, he plays the piano. Mm. And uh, uh, to be able to have, have worship and to sing some of the, the songs of the Christian faith, mm. uh, to be able to, to pray together, it does actually draw you together. Yeah, I've had some of the Christ, of the Aboriginal folks too that have come to church, and they have been to church for a long time. But they say to me, you know, my mum was a Christian. And she used to pray for me, you know, and yeah. that's never ever left us. Yes, the fact that she, um, you know, they 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 hold the elders in high regard in yes. the Aboriginal Church, yes. you know, but to them, the the key thing they remember is that she was a Christian lady that tried to, you know, that was following the Bible, but was praying all the time for them, and yeah. and that whole. Huge esteem for them, you know. So yeah. we've got to all fall in love with Jesus and 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 you know stay linked to Him. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. It does. Um, Eric, look, I'm just wondering. Our time is getting away from us. Sure. How would you like to just pray, particularly for anybody that you know might be struggling to possibly want to come to Jesus Christ? You know, for that person who may be struggling with guilt, would you pray for us? For sure, sure. Our dear heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight in prayer. And we thank you for a God who loves us, sent his only son to this earth, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came to this earth and uh, walked amongst men, he really showed his father. He showed the attributes and character of his father, a forgiving God. And Jesus came so that he could save us from sin. He came so that he could take away the burdens of our lives. And Lord, tonight, if there is somebody that is struggling uh, with an issue, something that they've done wrong and uh, and they feel really bad about it. They've let down a family member or somebody else, a friend or a relative. I just pray, Lord, that they will understand that if they, when they come to Jesus, Jesus will take that burden away. He has said that he will forgive sin and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. So help each of us, Lord, when we do wrong to come to you to realize that you are indeed the Son of God and that you will forgive us 
and that you will give us a new mind and a new heart and that we will have peace in our lives, Lord, when we accept your wonderful forgiveness. So bless us all tonight, Lord. May each one of us spend more time with you. May we spend time with Jesus, the one who came, the one who conquered, and the one who is going to come again. So bless each person listening tonight, Lord, until tomorrow night, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thanks so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on a Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, does the resurrection really matter? Really look forward to you being with us. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Uh, please enjoy a brightly beams our Father's mercy, the lower lights. Uh, please enjoy. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from his light, house evermore. But to us. He gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Let the lower lights be burning, send a gleam across the way. Some poor faith. Struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. Dark the night of sin has settled, loud the angry billows. Say